Guys, welcome back to the Built for Life podcast. Jen and I have now done 21 of these after today. Um, it's incredible to see we've nearly 2,000 downloads since we started recording this. And we're just buzzing to continuously keep drug feeding you gold. Had a few messages this week from people who have just started listening to the podcast as well and have binged watched the first like three or four episodes or listened. We should really do it on YouTube. You know what I mean? Moving forward, yeah. people can actually watch it as well. That may be something, you know, further down the line in the pipeline. But uh, I mean, my hair was clean for every episode though, which is more, I mean, yeah. you see people that actual shit on the other side of Zoom. I'm okay with that, but I don't know if I want the rest of the world to I, see. We show up like fucking tramps. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talk about life and how much we want to kill ourselves before we start. Fucking <laughs> 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 so share mutual stress. Like falling apart, and then it's the right. Let's record the podcast now. You just jumped on the day. We're both like, you having one of those days? Aye. You having one of those days? Aye. Aye. <laughs> Honestly, we 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 thrive together. We grow together. We're in pain together. We get sleepless nights together. <laughs> we're just fucking joined at the hat, but very far apart. But anyway, what we wanted to obviously do was thank you guys for tuning in consistently even those of you who are new to the podcast may take you a while to catch up and actually listen to me thanking you but if that's you stay fucking tuned <laughs> today we are going to talk about temporary actions and how they do not guarantee permanent behaviors this is a very juicy juicy subject and it's one that i think you probably won't understand or recognize until we start giving you some very clear examples of when people do this so, Jen, I know that you've got a fair few. Do you want to share? <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Um, yeah, prepare, prepare for a bit of a ranty episode today, Troops. Um, oh, she's tired. We're both <laughs> sleep deprived. I'm in the absolute fucking depths of the deficit. Stress to my eyeballs. So my tolerance levels are pretty low. Um, but that means that I'm probably going to be more honest and direct and say all the things that you need to hear. Um, so... Something I notice at this time of year, something I used to do like for many, many years of my life was almost approach change in seasons, right? So even since I was a young kid, like I remember my mum and dad this, did this exact same thing, right? Everybody will be able to recognise their own parents and their own family in this, right? Where... We would eat relatively well the vast majority of the year, but whenever a family holiday got booked, that is when the health health kick started, right? So we never said, oh, right, you've gone on a diet, or like, right, that's it, like, fucking start restricting your food. It was never said overtly, right? But it was always said subliminally, right? So what would happen would be, it would get to like, December, January, right? It'd be the boss of winter. We would be absolutely sick of the weather. My mum and dad would be on the couch, like open another bottle of wine, right? They're enjoying the snacks, enjoying the nibbles, and then they would go get a couple of bottles of wine and go, right, mum will go and book a holiday tomorrow, right? So what we would do is we'd all get in the car. Do you remember the the, <laughs> the holiday hypermarket in East Kilbride? No. Oh my God, right, it was the best travel agents in the world. Anybody who's for like our area and the surrounding areas, please message me on Instagram if you remember the holiday hypermarket. It was fucking brilliant, right? So they used to have like, it was like themed areas, like different areas. It was a really big travel agent, right? But all the areas had a different theme. Oh, so you'd be like, a wee room that had like a cinema. And then there was a big like, 
Vegas bit. So there was like Marilyn Monroe and Elvis Presley, and they had like all these big like Gucci vendies, right? So like we were allowed some, we were never normally allowed out the vending machine, but we went to Holiday Hypermarket. <laughs> we were allowed some out the vending machine because my dad would spend hours, and I mean hours, berating the travel agent to get the holiday paper, right? Berating them. So like we had to get fed for the vending with a star, right? So it was always a big day, big event. We'd go to the holiday hypermarket. We'd maybe, if we were lucky, get taken to Frankie and Benny's for our lunch after it, right? And it was always a big event. My mum would go and take out her credit union loan because, like, if you're even for our area or anywhere in working-class Scotland and you went any holiday abroad, you knew your mum had taken out a credit union loan or a provi loan for you to be able to go, right? So credit union loan get taken out and we went and we booked a holiday. And for the second that holiday was booked, the whole house was in a health kick, right? So a health kick in my house meant no sweeties, no crisps, nothing snacky, right? If you want a snack, you'll have a bit of fruit. If you're hungry, go and have a drink of water and eat a piece of fruit, right? That was the that was the mantra. Um, <laughs> my mum used to eat these, like, remember the bags, like, see the bag of, like, stir-fry veg for Asda? Yeah. And those like microwave stinking like microwave curries, remember like the frozen ones? That's what my mom would have for her dinner, right? Grim cup of soup for her lunch, right? Everybody's mom has gone through a cup of soup my Ivita for their lunch phase, right? Absolutely no nutritional value whatsoever. They must have been starving, right? But that's what we we're doing because we were in a health kit. Um, my mum and dad would rejoin Blanter Gym for the millionth time. In fact, they would probably have had a membership the whole time, but just not have been for like the last six months. Yeah. So that was it. They would go to Blanter Gym. Me and my wee sister would get put into Fit Kids, but we called it Fat Kids. <laughs> um, so we would go to Fat Kids in the gym hall down the stair, fellow one dad were in the gym. And that would be a routine on the lead up to a holiday, right? So it was so like intense, all-consuming, Every day was like, try to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. Um, You'd go to Matalan for your big holiday shop, right? My mom would be feeling good, my dad would be feeling good. We'd go the two-week holiday, we'd all eat shite, they would drink and eat shite, and then that was it. That was the end. And we wouldn't kick start that cycle again until just before Christmas, when there was a Christmas night coming up, and my mum realised her dress for last year never fit at her. So she would go back to the slimming club again, she'd go to Scottish Slimmers or Slimming World or whatever. So for my whole childhood, probably like many people, I learned that you actually only prioritise your health, in inverted commas, because it wasn't very healthy, during the different seasons of change. So that actually you should only ever be working on reducing that outcome or exercising or eating well if there is a purpose, and the purpose is always losing as much weight as you possibly can and go on a holiday. So it won't shock you to know that that belief has been reinforced for me as an adult my entire life. But now that I'm at a position where I've healed my relationship with food and I try and live in a sustainable approach to health and nutrition and exercise all year round, that I start to notice it in other people, right? So what I noticed going on recently, and I know you'll see this as well, is that over the past few weeks, like in Scotland or in the UK, just in general, we've had some really nice weather, right? Yep. So what that really nice weather does is make the future immediate and not future, right? Yep. So instead of being in like the depths of winter when it's freezing, trying to like create your summer body and inverted commas again, right? You can tell what annoys me. Um, it's it's immediate. So all of a sudden it's May and you weren't expecting it. You dig out your summer clothes. You're going to need to put shorts on. You're going to need to feel that they don't fit as well as they did last year, right? 
it's almost as if that summer holiday that you've got ages until becomes like, oh my God, that's happening in the here and now and I'm not ready for it, okay? So because there's an immediate, really strong piece of evidence, everybody kickstarts into gear, right? Because the action and the outcome are very, very closely linked. It's no longer something in the distant future that you'll figure out. So people start to adopt the behaviours, right, of the things that are going to get them the outcome. But what I've noticed happening is that two, three, four weeks of this and people almost create the belief that this is just who I am now or this is just who I've always been. So like, oh no, I go, I mean, I, that's I've always went to the gym at uh, this time in the morning consistently three times a week. That's just who I am. I am the kind of person that does this, right? Without the recognition that actually you only became that kind of person four or five weeks ago. Yeah. Now, it doesn't diminish from the fact that you're doing it, right? But it traps you in a dangerous belief that can be really, really driven by your ego when ego is telling you, this is just who I am, so you've got nothing to worry about because this is a nice solidified behaviour, right? When actually the only thing that kicked you into gear to do it was fear of fucking hating yourself on holiday. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, like, how often do we see this happen at this period of the year where people kick themselves into overdrive, pretend that this is just who I am. We yep. know exactly why you're doing it. We know where it's coming from. And every single time after the holiday, it's always the same. I just struggle to get back into it. You struggle mm. to get back into it because you stopped it because it wasn't part of who you were. Because really that that much of a part of who you are, when you're away on holiday, you'll still train. You'll still move early. You'll still eat well because that is who you are. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no getting back into it. Like the clients of ours who identify in that way and act like that year-round are the people who don't feel as if they're having to force themselves back into things post-holiday. A lot of the time, actually, if anything, they say, I'm so glad to be back to going to my gym at my time, not not with it being a little bit more sporadic when I'm away. Obviously, I've got less um, decisions to make when I'm away. I'm less under pressure. And even though I still went, I didn't really feel as if it was, it was me giving the best of me when I was there because... It wasn't me locked into my set routine, my, my right structure. I was having to make sure the kids were settled by the pool with their dad and their dad wasn't steaming so I could leave them and go to the gym. That's not what I do at home. I drop the kids at nursery or I drop the kids at school, then I go beast out a session or I get up before everyone is up so I can go serve myself first. And those people actually look forward to getting back into the routine because that is part of who they are. Whereas these people, if they're like, oh, I'm crushing the gym at 4 a.m. every morning or, you know, I'll stay up to midnight to get my steps in and I'll make sure that I get all my output because that's the type of person I am. But at the same time, all you're thinking about is, can I wait to see how good I look on a holiday? Can I wait <laughs> to strut down the beach on a holiday? Big I've got to say, six daiquiris before an hour of landing. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that's funny because most people, most people, and, and you'll know this from the clients we work with, most people who come to us pre-holiday and are actually worried about how the holiday is going to go are the people that actually have a huge level of investment into wanting to become that type of person. And they're fearful that they'll get, they'll get controlled a little bit too much by the environment and the people within that environment as well. Whereas the people who are pure buzzing for the holiday you know, they're going to have that first night peak excitement. They're going to feel so shy off the back of it because they've taken it well too far. And the only way for them to actually feel better is to continue to do that night after night because that's actually who they are. 
yeah. not the person that gets up and trains every morning at 4 a.m. regardless. Like if you are that type of person that's locked into you, you'll go out, you'll have a drink, you'll go to your bed early and you'll be up the next day. But a lot of the times, even if you don't get your bed early and you're fucking absolutely hammered, you'll still find a way to get up and get that done the next day because you know it's the best thing for you. Kind of like what we were talking about last week with the resilience reserves. Like yeah. playing when you're hurt means even playing when you're fucking hungover. And those type of people will know that if they can go and train under very poor conditions that they've obviously inflicted upon themselves, it's actually just reinforcing that they are that type of person. But if all you need is a hangover to fucking push you over, <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> because, because this is a difference between people who who will behave the behaviour regardless of the state and the people whose state that takes the behaviour, right? Yep. That's the difference. Yep. So if your behaviour is your behaviour, you'll go and train hungover and go, that was fucking grim. I'm never doing that again, as in I'm never fucking staying out all night drinking again before yep. I have a training session the next day. Not, I'm never going to train hungover again. It's, I'm going to make sure I'm not hungover when I train next, right? Yep. So I'm going to pull back and take it a wee bit easier the day, and then I'll maybe see how I'm feeling in the morning and have a couple of extra drinks again, right? Whereas if you're in state-influencing behaviour, as soon as the state changes, you go, nah, fuck that, I'm not doing that shit, right? No right? chance, I fucked it last night, I'm just going to patch that gym shite and I'm just going to get Steven for the rest of the holiday. So if you're a person where state influences behaviour, that's exactly why when it gets to this time of year, you're fucking go, 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 you're engaged, you're ready to rock, you think you're this new person because the state has influenced it. The weather's nice, right? Your clothes are maybe fitting a wee bit nicer than they were before. You're looking forward to your holiday. You're in the fucking wind down. It's nice to go out and walk when the weather is like this, right? So because the environment and the state is really good, the behaviour's fucking easy, right? Yep. The issue then becomes that when the behaviour's not easy to facilitate, you just sack it off entirely and then wonder... Why can I not be consistent, right? Why can I not keep and adopt these behaviours? I just want to be able to do this stuff all the time, but I just can't seem to do it. The reason you can't seem to do it is because you're dictating how you behave based on how do I feel today instead of saying, this is how I behave and live my life. So I just need to roll with the feelings and learn to do the fucking suffering. Yeah, and people actually ruminate massively on those feelings, I think. They, they kind of experimentally avoid them because these are the same types of people when it happens that they start to go, do you know what? I know I crushed the gym for like four, six, eight weeks. And I said I wouldn't do this, but do you know what? I actually do feel okay about myself. I actually feel yeah. okay that I'm doing this. I feel yeah. okay that I'm engaging in this. I know I said I wasn't going to do it, but I mean like, YOLO, you only live once in that, don't you? You know, like when was the last time I was on holiday in Mars with all the girls and we didn't have any kids? <laughs> you know, you start to justify it because again, you're in, you're in that environment. The state has changed. And you're like, do you know what? I'm just going to bullshit myself to make myself feel better right now, even though I am consistently getting more and more dis uh, uncomfortable day in and day out. And yeah. I think that's a really dangerous game as well, because you'll convince yourself so much so until the state changes again, that you feel okay, you're happy with your decisions, then what do we always see off the back of it? Again, people struggle to get back into it, but then they catastrophize, they catastrophize and they implode big time. Yeah. can't believe I've done that to my, like it only takes one absolute piss up of a holiday for you to just totally demolish what you were building before you went you know 100 i got a really small taste of that like was it last week's episode or the week before when I was yeah, yeah, yeah. because i ended up drunk without expect like drunk for the first time in a year because i don't really get drunk because i get terrible hangovers 
And I noticed the Sunday and the Monday, I was like, I am fucked, right? And I've not felt that pure strong, like, craving for fucking shite food, that pure, like, trying to get up and move, and you just can't get up and move. So, like, <clears throat> Sunday, Monday, I was like, the maximum amount of time I'm willing to give this is two days. Yeah. And after this two days is up, that then fears it might be coming a week as opposed to a couple of days. Yeah. So, like, I decide for myself that threshold point, and my threshold point is always two days, because I know if I go any longer than two days, it starts to become a state of mind as opposed yeah. to a physical thing. And when it becomes a state of mind, that's a lot harder for me as a person to work back from than the physical part, right? So on the Tuesday, I didn't want to do any of it still. I still felt like utter shite. But see, by the Wednesday, felt like me again. And yeah. I was like, thank fuck, I pulled it together. But it was also a nice, like, we've had a couple of clients say this as well. It was a nice indicator that the behaviours have changed because I was able to just, and it's not, I think sometimes people think, like, when you when you're someone who's changed your behaviors and your approach to like health and fitness that like you don't get the thoughts and I'm like no I still get the thoughts like we still feel that I can't be fucking arsed and we still do the ruminating I'll go later and oh I'll pick it up after and oh I'll sort that like we still get those things we just don't act on them like we just tell ourselves to shut the fuck up and like act a different way and it's not always that straightforward but I think it's been nice to see some of our clients as well have that indicator for themselves that behaviours are shifting because they've come back from holiday like you say craved their own routine back and gone into it without any sort of thought it's almost like I'm just resetting back to normal and it's not taking this big amount of effort or lull or challenge it's just like that as that is their permanent behavior and the holiday was the temporary action instead of it being the other way about yeah just like sarah before she went on holiday like she reflected on last year and done it did take me so much longer to get back into it because of the way that acted i let the environment i let that state of change actually have a massive impact on the way that i was showing up when i came back when i didn't want it to but i know that that's because i was under planned under prepared i hadn't really thought about what i should be doing differently so I'm going to engage with one of the trainings we've got in the community that's all about mapping out your holiday time for success, for fun, but also knowing that fun is more fun with a plan yeah. <laughs> and preparation. Because if you think about it, when you have fun that is not controlled, you end up only having fun for a set amount of time until afterwards when you feel absolutely horrific about yourself. So if yeah. you control that, you don't only have the fun, but you also feel the fun of being accomplished as well. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, upon reflection, I know that I didn't really act the way that I wanted to last year. It took me a couple of weeks. It hasn't been as bad as obviously maybe previous times where it would last a month, two months. I would just never do anything until I really got a bit of a shock to the system and knew maybe the holiday was coming around again. So she was like, right, I'm going to map it out. This is going to be my plan. I sent it over. And then she was straight back and she was out and ran a half marathon. The morning she arrived back in the UK... Because remember, Steffi was uh, prepping for her marathon and Sarah was at the same time. And Steffi was going to run, I think, at like 9am. And I think Sarah landed at four, straight out of half marathon. Yeah. I mean, come on. That is yeah. life. <laughs> Absolutely. But even that, like, she was committed to the marathon training. So that had to come first. That had to be prioritised. The holiday doesn't get in the way of it. Like, yeah. if you're trying to create a new state, a new way of being, a new way of behaving that has to remain the priority. And that doesn't mean that 
you sacrifice literally everything else and you don't fucking go on holiday because you're trying to change the behaviours. It's that you test the behaviours out in different environments to see how resilient those behaviours are, right? So, like, as I I would never in a million years have tried on holiday now, and I was on the website in my hotel the other night, like, trying to see if there was pictures of their... I was in TripAdvisor, (laughs) looking to see if anyone who had been had uploaded photos of the gym so I could (laughs) see what their cover was. I would never even fucking walked on holiday, never mind tried to plan in training. But my recognition is if I'm going to be eating and drinking more, it's not that I need to earn it or trade it off. It's that I will feel like shit if I don't move and I don't want to feel like shit. So, like, I almost think that sometimes people accept feeling like shit on holiday as part and parcel of it and don't see themselves as deserving or capable of feeling a different way. And I think that a lot of the time it's other people's interpretation of how they have fun that you end up getting caught up in. So like partners, if you go on holiday with family, if you go on holiday with friends, it's their interpretation of what's fun that dictates the holiday you have. And actually you can still be a part of their definition of fun by making sure that you have your fun first. And I think that's what I loved about when you did that training because being able to think about the principles that you adopt towards things as opposed to the like trying to do the same thing at home as you would in holiday which is so fucking unrealistic you're not going to be in my fitness pal fucking scanning things in a abroad supermarket right or fucking try to figure out like what you're having for your dinner or try to keep track like you're not going to be doing those things so if you think more about the principles of like i recognize i love a drink in the afternoon and holiday but i don't really drink at night because I just don't really bother Marsh with it. Like, I'm not really, like, a breakfast or lunch person. I love making a lunch. Like, I like always staying somewhere self-catering because I'm obsessed with foreign supermarkets. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed. Paul is fucking sick of me because everywhere we go, I make him go to the supermarket <laughs> um, just for a fucking look. So, like, I know I will happily make myself, like, I fucking love all their veg. So I'll happily make myself, like, a banging salad or something at dinner time. That's when I'm going to want to have like a bigger meal, like something that I just fancy. I'm going to want a dessert. So like knowing that that's my natural approach, what I would want to do, then it's like, right, okay, how do I build the systems in that support that? Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of the time people don't think about the systems that support it. They know deep down what they're going to do. They try and fight with this. No, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to train and I'm going to do this. They try and be okay with that, but in reality, what they want always wins. Whereas if you reverse engineer it and start with what you want and yep. go down to the systems that make it possible, you actually fucking enjoy yourself instead of coming home a stone heavier fucking hate in your life. 100%. And you know what? I think there's a lot of fear here about what their partners, especially if you're on holiday with a partner or your friends will say and think. And that is why, as you said, you'll engage in whatever it is that they want to do. Can't tell you how many arguments I've had with like Joanne when we went away, right? arguments are part of a relationship when someone thinks you should do one thing and you want to do something different but also you have to realize that you're trying to create a new expectation for yourself here i used to be a fucking pisshead on holiday night and see trying to change that expectation it was hard and it did create a lot of conflict but if you don't lean into changing that expectation of what other people perceive that you will and will not do then you're always going to be trapped always doing what other people want to do and i remember we went to london for a few days last year to see elton john and we seen elton john on the Friday night, I think it was, or the Thursday night. And I got up the next morning and I went and trained at an A45 close by um, 
I was just about to say, I think we'd done a podcast, we slagging that F45 class. I think we did speak about it on a podcast one time. Yeah, we did, we did. Because yeah. it wasn't really your cup of tea, but it was still like something. Was something. Aye. There's one Aye. in Ibiza, I actually looked at it. It's oh, neither you than it's me. So we'll <laughs> take, I'll take you. You're <laughs> your favourite class. Um, so when I came back from there, Joanne was like, it would be nice if I, you know, woke up next to you one day on holiday. Like, and I'm like, but I'm getting up to serve myself so I can feel good throughout the day so me and you can have a good day together. I don't really want to be waking up, staring at the ceiling and watching you sleep for three hours. <laughs> you know, so then, so then we have like conversations before we go and we set an expectation. And if she's like, I would really like to wake up to you for a change. I'm like, right, okay, well, this is where I will move, move my sessions about. And this is when I'll go serve myself on these, on these times and different days. I'm not one for really lying on a sun lounge all day every day. So Joanne's like, Sit with me for a couple of hours, then go do what the fuck you want. But make sure you, you wake up next to me because I would really like to have you in my bed when I wake up. It's like, right, cool. I'll go and train at another time. Like, there needs to be compromise as well. Whereas, see if you're with your friends, fuck your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Quite simply, fuck your friends. Um, again, had the expectation of being a pisshead all, all days, all of my days with my friends. And now my pals are texting me, obviously going to Ibiza for my stag doing my wedding. And they're like, can I come and run with you? Whatever day you go, go a run. Because they know <laughs> I'm going to be going a run. They're like, yeah. Can we pure, can we pure go a run in Ibiza? And I'm like, ah, well, obviously I was going to run anyway. <laughs> they're like, what do you go to the gym? Do you know good gyms there and all that? And it's like they now want to come as well. Um, and as you said, it's like the environment and the state that you're in can very often, or it needs to be often tested so that you know that behaviours are strong as possible. And even like Josh, uh, we were at his wedding in Florence last year. He's one of our clients as well. He's a really good mate of mine too. And we trained on his wedding morning last last year. And he's like, he texted me the other day and he was like, mate, I know you'll probably have something mapped out already for your wedding day. What is it that we're going to be doing? He's like, he's coming to me and he's like, what, what are we doing? Like, I, I want to hear all about it. And I was like, well, I'm thinking, get up in the morning, go a walk, get hydrated on the walk, run a 10K and then train. And he was like, what? only you man I know what I was like listen mate I'm waking up in this hotel myself because I'm staying where me and Joanne will be staying the day of the wedding she's staying elsewhere the night before and it means that I've got breakfast for two people right so someone needs to join me breakfast (laughs) plus I'm not getting picked up for the wedding till like half two Right? Yeah. What the fuck am I going to do with myself for like seven years? Do you know, <laughs> I, that's the thing, like I remember, because um, obviously like for women, we're getting ready, right? So like yeah. the day I get married, we get married at one o'clock. So I had to be like up, showered and sitting in the hair and makeup seat for like 7am, right? So obviously all our time in that time is filled because we're getting ready. The girls are all there. Like I love my wedding morning. It was so relaxed and like just genuinely fun. Like you're just listening to music, chatting and all that. Whereas for guys, I remember Paul saying to me, he was pacing the floor because he woke up at like half past six in the morning and then like it literally takes you half an hour to get ready. Like if yeah. that, he was like, shower, suit on, that's that. So he was like pacing the floor. He was mo- he was so nervous because the wedding kept getting cancelled. He thought it was going to get cancelled in the morning off. So his mom was getting him like preparalol to try and calm him down. He had like five beers and two preparalol, didn't even touch the sides. <laughs> Pace and like a cage bear, and I'm like, how good would it have been for you to have had something to do to occupy you for all that time? Like, otherwise, you're just left. Sit- what else are you going to do? You yeah. just sit in a book, like, you're going to read a book. Like, the morning you're waiting, of course, you're going to be nervous. Like, you need something that's going to you can channel all that energy. 
Exactly. And that's going to be a 10K in a fucking gym session. And I walk. I want to be on 20K steps before I even fucking get to my wedding. <laughs> and you know, I think people would look at this and listen to this and think, oh, that's obsessive. But we've just built so much knowledge for ourselves to know what it is that we need to do to make ourselves feel good, regardless of what it is. And the way that I see it is the bigger the occasion, the better I want to feel as well. You know, so yeah. if it's my wedding, if I don't go up and move, if I don't go up and do something, Joanne's already been like, if you're going to run on the morning of our wedding, put sun cream in your fucking heat. You're not yeah. in your... Uh, you're not burning your scalp for her wedding. So yeah. she's accepting of the fact that I'll be doing that because I've created that expectation over time and I've kind of broke away from what she used to expect me to do based upon how I first acted when we got together. And it's been hard, like I said, it's a difficult thing to do, but it then means people start to accept you for who you are and they expect you to do these things and they expect you to serve yourself and they expect you to want to make yourself feel better, to enjoy your time with them more and... I know for a fact, if I go up, if I move, if I train, if I run, if I have good food in the morning, it's not like I'm going to go run a 10K, smash a gym session, then sit and eat loads of fucking pancakes and waffles. It'll be a good breakfast, like a breakfast that makes me feel energized, a breakfast that makes me feel clear-headed. It'll be something that makes me feel not bloated, obviously, as well, after a few days in a fucking... <laughs> um, but I want to show up and I want to be high on energy, you know? Like, I want to be fucking on point, just like... When I know I'm at my best, that's how I want to be that day. And okay. I know everything that needs to happen. Good night's sleep, good breakfast, good training, good laugh and banter with my pals the morning of. Um, the only thing, I would prefer it to be a little less warm so I wasn't sweating my pan in. Um, I was but, just going to say, I would 100% join you for that run if it didn't mean the sweat, the sweat impact in my hair. So oh, you, you'd be fucked. You'd be fucked. Um, you'd miss the wedding because you'd be in the chair for so long. Exactly. And she would need to wash my hair three times to get the fucking sweat out. So I really want you guys to listen to what you're saying. Like, you're not obsessive. And see, the thing is, even if someone passes comments saying you're obsessive, who gives a fuck? What are they obsessive about? What they, what are they just, you know, what do they believe in? What yeah. are they passionate about? Fucking stop looking at what they're saying and what they're judging you for. And instead, ask yourself the question, what do they feel like this towards? Because on the surface, looking at most people around you, you can say, sweet fuck all. The only thing that they feel passionate about is bringing other people down and making them feel poor for mm. wanting to serve themselves because it's something that they wish they would be able to do. The majority yeah. of the time. Totally. Different. And I think, like, like, I'm obsessed with feeling at my best. Like, oh, I'm obsessed yeah. with being the happiest I can possibly be. Like, yeah. what what makes that wrong? Like, your wedding day is, like, still to this day, my wedding day was the happiest day of my life. Like, I've never felt such joy. It's, you, like, you'll love every second of it. You're just surrounded by all the people that you love. Like, marrying the person that you love. Like, it's the best thing ever. So, why would you not want to feel at your best and happiest on the happiest day of your life, yeah. right? Like, th this has been a fundamental component of your life for the vast majority of it. So why would you not want the happiest day of your life to start with something that guarantees you to feel good? And the thing is, is that, like, I don't think you can ever be too obsessed with you feeling at your absolute best. And I think... It is a difficult transition sometimes with partners and I think about like the holidays me and Paul used to go on, we'd just be fucking pissed for the second we arrived to the second that we left, right? Yeah. And obviously as we've got older, that's changed. Like we'll still have a fucking glass of wine and a beer at three o'clock in the afternoon, but in reality, like we're not doing it for ten o'clock in the morning anymore. Yeah. Um 
nine o'clock. Um, but like I think once your partner starts to see over time how happy it makes you, like that's for, that's for me, I think, when it really started to shift was his recognition that this isn't me like being like, oh my God, I need to lose weight because I fucking hate myself anymore. This is me doing all of the things that actively make me a nicer person to be married to. <laughs> like if I couldn't get the time to like train and like prioritize my time and grow my business and eat well and do all of those different things that are components in my life, I would be a fucking miserable person to be around. Yeah. So like it, it benefits them. I get what you mean, like in terms of like what Joanne was saying, Paul's very much the same, but it's like, I'd like to spend some time with you and I'm like, right, okay, fuck. I didn't really realize that yeah. I wasn't making time for you because I was too busy doing all my own shit and that's not okay. So where can I move around my own shit? so that we ha both have a clear expectation of this is when we're spending this time together. I'm not sitting itching to go and do my own thing and you're not sitting pissed off that I'm away doing my own thing because the expectation has been set that this is like this is your time together. So like once I think they start to see the impact that that has on you, if I feel at my best and happiest, our relationship is going to be its best and happiest and I'll facilitate you to be your best and happiest as well, yeah. because we both benefit from the other being happy. And I think when you can really start to frame this to partners who are maybe like, fucking, what you know, drinking for? Why, you know, fucking eating six croissants for your breakfast? What's wrong with you? Like, you have what you like. Paul, whether I'm fucking eating it or not, Paul's still going to enjoy his afternoon bag of lays on the sun lounger, right? And that man can enjoy that all he likes doesn't mean I need to participate. And he doesn't need me to participate to be okay with it. And I think that's the crucial bit. Like, Same. he doesn't need me to participate in it or condone it for him to be happy with it. And I don't need to do that because I don't want to. So, like, I think there's something here for people about framing and understand, like, helping partners and friends and stuff to understand that you're okay with the decisions that they want to make for themselves. You're only asking for the same in return. You're not trying to get in the way of what makes them happy. So don't get in the way of what makes me happy if you want me to feel at my best. And I think like even just like when we were away for um, my friend Claire's hen last year, me and my pal Callie went out. Well, we attempted to go around, but it was like all these fucking country roads and we weren't, we were definitely going to die. So we just went a massive walk, ended up getting lost. But then as we were leaving, most of our pals don't even bat an eyelid because they just know that's what we're like. But like uh, some folk were like, are you just going to fucking run? Like, what's wrong with you? And we were like, but for us to be able to drink again the night and like actually be able to survive, I was like, I can't lie about here. Like, I need to get up and move and do something. Otherwise, I'll want to, uh, the hangover will kick in, I'll want to die. Yeah. But so once I think, not that you need to justify it, but I think once you make it clear to people that, it's not about what the activity that they're seeing, but actually how it benefits you. Once you describe to people, to people, this is how this benefits me, even if that's not how you view it, mm -hmm. like you can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny when you're talking about like all lying on the sun lounger with a bag of lace, because <laughs> it, become, it became like a bit of an unspoken joke between me and Joanne that if I got up, went to the gym in the morning on holidays and all that sort of stuff, save myself, we get to a point in the day where I would come up with like a big bag of flaming hot Cheetos for her. And I'd be like, do you want to go up the room early so you can have your Cheetos? And she'd be like, <laughs> and it would be like, oh, is this because you went to the gym this morning? It's like, I, and she's like, you can go to the gym as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> that's the guilt Cheetos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then she's like, that's my thing. She loves going up watching. And you know what? I fucking love it as well. If you've ever been to like America, Mexico, any of that, and you sit watching shite American news. And oh, you're I love it. 
you realise how much they just fucking they just give each other pelters. Every yeah, news station, yeah. the way they talk to each other, speak about each other, it's fucking comedy gold. So yeah. going up and watching shite TV as the sun's going down and not having to stay by the pool and Joanne has her Cheetos is something that she wants to do and she really enjoys it. And I want to join her with it because part of that is something that I like as well. And I think this is where most people do go wrong. As you were speaking about earlier on, like, yes, the wedding's like the happiest day of my life, happiest day of your life, and you want to feel your best during that. How many people only get one holiday a year that they're mm-hmm. craving? They're so fucking looking forward to it because they're stressed out, they're not. They've been saving like mad. They've been really struggling on the lead up because it's almost been like, I need this holiday because if I don't have it, I'm going to end up imploding. Yet they go away and they think they make the, make the most of it by making themselves feel worse. Mm. So they're doing things to actually amplify the experience and make themselves feel good. It's such a warped way of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, if you really want to treat your holiday as an opportunity to rest and recover, like use like use the holiday as the time and space that you don't have at home to prioritize yourself like prioritize your rest your recovery your enjoyment your activity like if you go and just do the same shit on holiday as you do at home like how is that actually how is it actually benefiting you how is it actually giving you what you need other than serving as a distraction from the life that you're living and I think I think everybody loves a holiday right everybody gets those times where it's like and I feel it myself I'm like leading up to every time like I can't wait for some fucking time off right but I'm not trying to take time off from my life right I'm just been looking forward to enjoying a holiday but if you're craving the distraction the escape right and you can't think about fucking I can't wait to just get there like and I, I feel people do this quite a lot as well once I'm back my holiday once I'm back my holiday and it's like Unless you're making tractions for that shit now, you're just going to come back your holiday and do the same thing as you're doing the now and tell yourself that you're some sort of fucking failure for not sorting this once you're back your holiday. And actually something that we see as a huge barrier to people actually joining the programme is there's no point till I'm back my holiday. Like, how often do you hear that? Well, mate, I was literally just about to say, folks say this to me constantly, constantly, and I never, ever hear back from them. And then Mm. what ends up happening, I'll message them. Because I actually do believe, like, I know we do great work here. If you tell me you want to change, I will fucking chase you, right? Because I know that you're possible, like, it's possible that you can live a better life than you're currently feeling. And I think a lot of people see that as, like, oh, you try to be, like, a sleazy salesman because I said I wanted help, now you won't leave me alone. It's like, no, I know that we can help you change. And I feel yeah. so powerfully about what we've created, not only for ourselves, but what we help our clients achieve through facilitating it within this program. We know that you can you can have a choice not to feel the way that you do now. And then what I'll do is every time I reach out to these people and and basically just see how they're doing off the back of it, how is the holiday? It's always something else. Something else has now cropped up. Something else has now got in the way. Something else has now taken over. And these people will will never, never come to to a place where they want to change unless they realize that they need to do the groundwork and in very uncomfortable situations and circumstances where they feel and believe right now that they can't do it. I lead up to a holiday because they're so busy. Like it's funny because I put my Instagram story, obviously we've integrated this new client management system this week. I'm into the program and we need to, well, I need to build out like fucking close to 90 of them, amend them, put everyone's details in, goals in, calories in, steps in, fucking everything in. And 
people on my Instagram were like, you just get evicted. You just moved. You're getting married in like over a week. Why the fuck are you doing that? And I'm like, because I know if I don't do it now and I say I'm going to wait till I'm back my holiday, do you know the likelihood of me wanting to do this when I get back my holiday? It's going to be even less than when I want to do it now. So I might as well suck it up and get the work done so that when I come back, if there's any of it I need to pick up, I'm already in the rhythm and routine of doing it, you know? 100%. And they don't recognise that. And that's even what Joanne said. She said to me, like, why are you starting your ultramarathon training before going away for the wedding? And I'm like, because if I wait an extra three weeks, I'm going to really struggle to get into my marathon training, my ultramarathon training. So it needs to happen now and it needs to be consistent. I was like... I would have been running anyway. There's just more structure to the run, you know, because yeah. there's a specific plan put in place. So it's maybe not a case that I'm doing any more running than I was going to be doing, but there is structure and it's created an intent of why I need to show up and do it now so that afterwards I can just flow straight back into it. Yeah, 100%. And I think something that, like, we've both learned and I've definitely learned a lot more since running a business is that the more time you put between decision and action, the less likely and the the more the more you're going to just procrastinate around the action and I think that goes for everything in life now is that the more buffer time you put between the urge to do the thing and actually doing the thing like you you shoot yourself in the foot you don't give yourself an opportunity because you then buy into the belief that somehow something will be different or right now I can't handle anymore and it's like nobody's asking you to complete it right but like just get the wheels in motion so that like it's what I spoke about at our live event as well is like the difference between like motion and momentum. So like if you come back from holiday, you're stuck, you're rolling a stone ball. So the energy that it's going to take, like fair enough, I you're going on holiday, but you're also going away for your wedding. So it's not exactly going to be a nice relaxing experience, right? You're going to be fucking busy. You're going to be doing shit every single day. So like it's not as if you're lying at a poolside for fucking 10 days, two weeks. So when you come back, you're rolling a fucking stone ball. If you tell yourself, I'm going to start my health and nutrition training plan and all that once I come back, you're rolling a stone ball because you're coming back in a worse position than you went. So the weight and the gravity of it are so much bigger. You've got more weight to lose. You're feeling more fatigued. Like Whereas if you start rolling the ball now, your holiday is just a place of maintaining some momentum, right? Not the same momentum that you would when you're home, right? But you're just kicking the ball down the road and not really that worried about where it's going. So that when you come back to actually focusing the ball in a certain direction, it's already rolling. It's already in motion, right? The start, stop, start, stop is what kills it. And I think this is what we see quite a lot in people who will approach change or operate only in seasons right and I do think like don't get me wrong I do think like when I think about the way that I structure my year I think we both do this where we will work to a certain intensity in different chunks of the year because you can't work at a high intensity for 12 months out of the year no. so like we have very much both been in like a fucking sprint since January <laughs> right <laughs> like an aggressive sprint but that was the intention that yep. for the beginning of the year we will sprint to that finish line until we get there, right? We'll take some buffer time. And then the next phase of the year will be, right, how do we recoup? How do we make minor adjustments? How do we keep that tipping over? We'll sprint again in yeah. the last probably like four, three months of the year. But that's all really, really intentional so that we know this is, we're working in these sorts of sprints and cycles for this purpose, Whereas if you're only approaching your change in seasons, 
you're not doing it intentionally and with purpose you're doing it reactively because you because of how you feel so what will happen is that either you'll be in a program right now and you'll be really really engaged for now and then you'll have your summer and then come like september you'll be like i can't be fucked with that now right or you'll go your holiday you'll feel like shit you'll get engaged in your program you'll be in it in it in it right and then maybe around october you'll go can't be fucked with that now right October and November working as a coach are very challenging months because nobody wants to do fuck all, right? Winter's creeping in, you've, you're tired of the try and try and try and you tell yourself the year's nearly over, so what's the point in trying now, right? Yeah, 12 weeks left. Right, <laughs> uh, 12 weeks left, fuck it, I'm not really doing anything in that time, right? Because you're telling yourself somehow you're like fucking Cinderella and when the clock strikes midnight you're going to fucking perish. So you, there's no point blah, 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 blah until the Christmas night out dates start coming out right and you recognize oh shit i've got all these nights out coming up it's christmas i don't want to feel like shit yeah i better ask back in gear now i better get re-engaged now and then that last spark comes and then christmas happens and you just go back to the start and you repeat the whole cycle again and it's like you're choosing to think in this way because you're seeing your change your behaviors as temporary fucking actions that serve one purpose and once that one purpose has been achieved, you lose all interest. Or if you don't achieve the purpose, you do exactly what you said earlier, which is pretend that you didn't give a fuck about it anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm quite happy in, in my body and I'm just going to buy... And this happened to me last year. I had to buy bigger size clothes that fit me because none of my summer clothes fit me. Yeah. And I bullshitted myself. It's okay, I feel good as long as my clothes fit and everything's fine. And then actually took came home, took some time to reflect and was like, that's not going to happen to me next year. Not, oh, I hope I don't feel this way or oh I'll accept myself for where I am I set the intention I will not feel this way next year so my actions about not feeling that way next year had to start then yeah. not six before the next one came around yeah yeah and it's funny it's funny you say that because this kind of happened to me till end of last year obviously I got food poisoning I actually just before Josh's wedding when we went to Venice dropped down to like what 77 kilo which is my lowest weight since I was fucking early teens I think right which was mental and um, I'd obviously been running a lot last year and stuff, but one of the biggest things above all else was that I was just so fucking busy. People are just going to start guessing from listening to us all the time that we're just fucking busy constant, which we are. <laughs> but at that time, it was like extraordinarily busy. Like there was actually yeah. a lot of unforeseen stuff cropping up um, that were just consistent challenges. And going from like binge eating disorder previously, what I do now when I'm stressed and there's a lot on is I just don't eat. So I was struggling to gain that weight back. And that's why I went on journey fucking Big Daddy Strathairn. Because even though I knew that the first six months of our year were going to be absolute hell, I had to set that intention and say, I need to change this. And I need to make sure that I'm back feeling my best for my wedding. So usually I would maintain around kind of 82 kilo-ish. And since I've done it, went up to like what, I think I gained 14 kilo. I went up to like 91 kilo. And now I'm back down at 83 and even better condition than I was before. But I'd started telling myself at 77. This is what I said to Joanne when I sat down and had a chat with her because I was like, I need to speak to someone about how I actually feel right now. And I remember saying to her at the time, um, I've been okay with sitting at this weight, feeling uncomfortable because I'm justifying to myself, well, at least I'm still lean. Mm. You know, at least I'm still lean. At least I've still got abs, even though my arms felt skinny as fuck, my shoulders felt skinny as fuck. And your health wasn't being prioritised. And my health wasn't being prioritised, but at least I've still got this. So I was like bullshitting myself because I'd worked so hard on building a great physique. I was then like, 
Well, a great physique degree is like half and half. So <laughs> you can be fine that, even though I'm really yeah. shit myself. And it wasn't until I was able to say it out loud to Joanne and be like, right, we need to we need to work out how we can improve this. Cause I needed help from her as well yeah. and other ideas to, to help me out. And the thing is, when I told her how I was feeling, she was like, I've been noticing by the way, like I didn't want to say to you and make you feel worse, but you don't look particularly great. Not yeah. commenting on my physique, just health-wise, you don't look great. Yeah. You're very strong out, like you definitely need to make some change. And she was like, maybe you need to cut back on the amount of work you're doing. And I was like, it's just not possible for the foreseeable future. It's just not possible. Like there's so much that we do need to do because we've got goals, but I want to put these processes in place to change it. And that served more of a purpose than anything else because the purpose behind it was, I want to get back to feeling my best, obviously. And I don't want to stop feeding myself bullshit, but I was like, if I can showcase this vulnerability, if I can be authentic about it, if I can get back feeling strong in body, it means that I'm strong in mind because the mind's put the work in to get the body back feeling strong, then I know that I'm going to thrive and it's actually a better tool when I'm in that position to market myself, to lead other people. Like a couple of weeks ago, I said I was walking around the park and a woman came up to me and was like, are you a coach? And she yeah. was like, you're talking about wanting to coach with me and you were like the big, the, the big daddy's return fucking business card or something like that. Aye, fucking too, right? I'm walking marketing too. But she wouldn't have come up to me last year when I was looking like that, you know, like because I, I was, I don't look like I do now. So by focusing on myself and getting back and having all these purpose purposes being served, like by me just doing that bit of work and putting those processes in place, it creates so many opportunities, like a multitude of opportunities that I wouldn't have had if I just kept buying into my own bullshit and waiting for things to be perfect again. Because I could have just kept justifying to myself, listen, you've got a six pack, like. I was, mm-hmm. I was feeling skinny, six boy, six pack boy, kind of lean, you know what I mean? Um, so it's fine, just get through all the work you have to do and then start after, but that's never been my my go-to either. And I'd been operating such a high level all year or for a number of years without ever coming across a risk like that. So much so that that's where I was really being tested as to whether or not the behaviours for the states I were in were as solid as I thought they were. And even being here in Dubai now, like, Obviously, it's not a dry country. Like, even when I come back home, people are like, you can booze in Dubai. I'm like, mate, the fucking booze scene here is worse than it is back home. And the way I describe it every single time is, let's take everyone from Britain who loves when the sun's out getting a drink. It's the exact yeah. same thing here because the sun is fucking constantly out. So people think because they see on Instagram all these fucking supermodels in Dubai. I can give you three examples of people that I've seen actually in public that are in incredible shape, that look like models, you don't see that many people in these places, right? See, that's funny because that would be my perception of Dubai as well. I would say to you, I'm not coming until I'm leaving. <laughs> Listen, it was mine. It was mine. But see the amount of just normal people that are walking around far outweighs what we believe to see. Because remember, you can go on Instagram and see 100 models in Dubai, right? But there's 3 million people in Dubai. You're not seeing the other 3 million people or 2,999,900, right? Because you are only seeing what is being engaged on and liked on and shared on the most. And it's going to be something that I, that's aesthetically more pleasing to look at because someone's built a base off of that one reason being their thing as to why they do what they do. And you're not seeing the other fucking masses of normal people that are just kicking about, fucking enjoying themselves. And that was my perception before I came, but there's so many people here that I've spoke to that are just so uncomfortable with themselves because they can't change what they are doing because the state is never changing here. Yeah. It's always fucking yeah. sudden and they don't know how to break that behaviour and 
they don't know how to really step up and start to make themselves feel better and put those behaviours in place and build those processes, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I think that the, the shift in perspective in this is always, like, how you care better for yourself, I think, because, like, even your recognition there, like, I can remember, um, like, Joanne saying to me, like, she was, like, concerned about you, do you know what I mean? And that I've shared that concern, but at the same time, I was like, I don't want to say to you, like, I've noticed that you've lost a lot of weight, do you know yeah. what I mean? Because I think saying to someone that they've lost a lot of weight is as bad as saying to them you've gained a lot of weight, do you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to comment on somebody's change in weight unless they bring it up, I, like, I, I would say, and I think, like, but I think it was more just that there, there's a reason for this because it's obviously not intentional, right? Yeah. Obviously, you fucking food poisoning, which didn't help. Um, but like, it's it's one of those things where you know when it's not been intentional for someone, and I think it all comes back down to that place of like caring for yourself. Yeah. Because I recognise as well in myself when I was sitting at that higher weight, I wasn't like. And I'm not really a makeup person anyway. Like, I wouldn't wear makeup, like, every time I walk out the front door. But, like, I just wasn't wearing any makeup ever. Like, yeah. my hair was never done. Like, it was it was washed sometimes. But, like, I just wouldn't. I would fuck it back in a ponytail because I just didn't have... I wasn't in the, the mental space of caring for myself. Like, I would forget to do my fucking skincare all the time. Like, I would just shove on whatever fucking baggy fucking clothes I could find because it wasn't even so much about, like, I want to hide my body. It's just very much like I can't actually think about this because everything I've got has been channeled elsewhere. There's nothing left over for me to care about, to care for myself. Yeah. And when I was trying to channel it all in, I just need to fucking lose weight, just need to lose weight. Same with you probably were like, fuck it, I've got abs, it's fine. Like, it's almost like that justification of this is the only thing that I need as a signal to myself that I'm okay. And actually, that was the thing that we were both clinging on to that was a nice distraction from everything that wasn't okay. Like, that's the justification of just being in a position of you not caring for yourself. And I think when you really think about looking at yourself as your number one priority and your own health and well-being being at the forefront of everything you do like this isn't just about the weight that you sit at or the things that you have but actually how intentional are you on a day-to-day -day basis of caring about yourself because see forcing yourself into a fucking six week summer shred from a point of extreme fucking hatred for yourself and I, I remember that even leading up to the wedding my motivating factor was not hating myself in the photos and I think that's so fucking sad like the only way I could justify caring for myself was the motivation of not hating what I seen yeah. and folks that cost me a lot of fucking money, <laughs> right? Like when I think about it now from that approach, it's like when you when you take it from the, the place of now I want to do this because I care about myself, it's now because I want my body to represent on the outside how I feel on the inside. I yeah. feel so good about myself on the inside and I feel so like strong and resilient and capable and worthy I just want my body to line up with that and because I feel that way on the inside my behaviours and the actions that I demonstrate now to get that are really really easy because I see the food that I choose to eat and the movement that I choose to do as a form of caring for myself and I think that's probably been that catalyst moment for you and all last year is that you have been doing this for such a long time you still had to be served a stark reminder that actually this this doesn't just come round at random points. Like if you don't prioritize this consistently, it'll yep. fucking creep on you. 
100%, 100%, and see what you said there about caring for yourself summed up in such a good way. And I don't think people actually take enough time to reflect on how they have been caring for themselves. So it's like, I said at the end of your week, what did you do for yourself this week? What time did you spend on your own? How did you pamper yourself? What values did you nourish just for you that you don't have with anyone else? When was the last time you done something without purpose? When was the last time you actually just done something that you felt made you feel incredible afterwards that wasn't orientated around losing weight, the way that you looked, any of that sort of stuff. Because I know like, if we go on holiday and I am feeling great and I'm training and I'm doing all the things with Joanne anyway because we've came to that kind of conclusion that this is what we do together, but this is also what I do separate, that if she has been too indulgent, it's like a hissy fit in front of the mirror before get out. It's regardless of how great she looks and she looks fucking amazing, she does not like the way that she looks because she has not been taking care of herself on the holidays, regardless of what she does, makeup-wise, hair-wise, what dress she wears. It's a case of... It's a, it's a losing battle. She's fine, you know? Whereas, upon reflection with myself, I know that I'm not caring for myself because this goes way back to even when I was on the gym floor. I used to not go and get a haircut. I would say to my mum, I would snap at my mum and say, I've not got time to go get a haircut. <laughs> and <laughs> I get, I've got folliculitis, so folliculitis is like a... It's like a, an infection to the scalp on the back of my scalp. It's not really on the front. So it gets like, I get like a lot of ingrown kind of infected hairs on the back of my scalp. And um, the longer my hair grows, obviously the more the ingrown hairs grow into my scalp. So the more infected it becomes. So then when that starts to happen, that's like a reminder for me that I'm not looking after myself. But ever since I started prioritizing myself last year again, because I was going through that full phase and not going for a haircut, all the rest of it, a shave, like I love lying in the barber's chair and him giving me a shave because it lets me switch off. Clockwork, since January, I've been in that barber's chair every single week because by the time he shaves it, it's usually about seven to eight days later, it starts to make me feel uncomfortable. So every single week, like clockwork, I have been in the barber's same day, maybe not the same time every day. If me and Joanne have had stuff on or have had other commitments, but every single week on the same day I've been in that barber's getting my hair cut because I've been wanting to look after myself more regardless of how busy we've been and if it, that was the only thing that week that I really done to look after myself that was the that was the staple that was the foundational thing that needed to be done yeah. outside of that, and all that that's me going to hairdressers every fortnight for a blow dry <laughs> Takes this fucking bitch all the time, right? She'll fucking, <laughs> right? I'll be up and I'll be starting work and she'll text me at an unusual time at like fucking quarter to six. And I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck are you up on your phone? This isn't your usual time you come in. And she's like, I'm in the hairdressers literally every fucking fortnight. But I'm like, my fuck? hairdresser is a fucking savior. Like, she literally, I'm in her chair at six <laughs> o'clock in the morning to get my hair done because she's fitting it in for me around my work schedule. Like, Honestly. she's a fucking angel. What an angel, but at the same time, I've started to catch on finally. That's where you are when you text me at that time. It's either that or you're fucking traveling somewhere. That, Aye, definitely. Um, definitely. But I think it's so important though, like that you that you prioritize that as much as you prioritize everything else. Oh, 100 percent 100 percent And I think this is what people need to kind of take away from today. Like it's not even just the temporary actions and you thinking that they've became permanent behaviors, it's just more so grounding yourself and making sure you're taking care of yourself like I think if you're not doing that consistently regardless of where you are to the point where it's not damaging because the thing is like going for nice meals having some drinks like it's caring for yourself as well but it's making sure you're caring for yourself in the right way like I was actually speaking to one of my old mentors earlier on he trains in my gym uh, Mark Coles and we were talking about just how life is here and we were just talking about the fact that I used to work with him back in like 2017 he taught me a lot of 
what I do kind of standards-wise with like running, not even running my business, just how it comes to client interaction. Learned a lot from the this kind of work that I've done with him privately. And um, he was like, do you not think it's just mad that we worked together like six years ago and now we're both here? And he was like, do you drink much? And I was like, mate, no. He's like, did you used to? I was like, probably back in the UK more than I do here, but still not as much. He's like, I've not had a drink in eight months. And now all I'm doing is questioning why I was having a drink. I was out with Kirk, another guy we both know, at a beach club on Sunday. This is what he was saying. And he said to himself, or he said to Kirk, do we need to have a drink today? And Kirk was like, no, nah, neither. I, I, don't, I don't really think I want a drink or I need a drink. So they just chilled, like read some, read their books, had a chat, had some lunch. And he's like, it's now really got me questioning all of the factors that drove me to make those decisions when I was back in the UK. And we were just having a really good chat about it. And it was very insightful because I don't think many people understand all the different components that go into them thinking this way. Like people fundamentally only think this way because everyone else does. You know, like the temporary actions lead to permanent behaviours. People think that they have fucking completely changed everything about themselves and overhauled their entire identity within a fucking six-week period. And it's just because other people kind of feed them that bullshit that they can or they have, you know? So be very careful of the information you take in, but also the information you choose to believe and ask yourself what factors are contributing to what it is that you believe how you act, how you perform, how you treat yourself, all of them matter. People don't ask themselves good enough questions. Oh, totally agree. That's why you hire coaches, because yeah. they're here. Exactly. <laughs> this lassie jumped on, she was uh, inquiring about joining the other day, and um, I actually said to her when we had our chat, like, this isn't usually what I do um, when I have a call with someone, but I'd ask her so many questions before we even jumped on the call. And she mm. was like, you have asked a lot of good questions. I've done, do you know what? Fuck it why don't you ask me some questions? <laughs> she was yeah. like, and I'd actually wrote a post about it the other night. She was the one that asked me, um, why do you do what you do? Like, because obviously the work you guys do is different. It must be quite taxing. Why do you do this? And obviously I gave her the answer. Then she asked me like other questions and I was just like, these are some fucking really good questions. And then she yeah. was, but the great thing there was, she was like, I'm genuinely learning more about you. And then more I learn about you, I genuinely want to work with you as well because like, I feel connected to you now because you're speaking my language where I want to be where I've potentially been and it all makes total fucking sense whereas individuals don't usually on a normal fucking fundamental basis have conversations centered around questions and actually figuring out more about one another apart from oh do you know so and so and what is he day for work and this and that you know what I mean I love when people say why do you think this way why do you believe this why do you act in this way like that is a fucking great question because then there's substance behind that yeah, 100%. You actually get to know the person. And I think, like, that's been a really good thing about doing this podcast is although, like, our clients knew loads about us, I think they've obviously, like, found out hunters about us that they maybe didn't know before because we're just talking to each other. I mean, we know all this stuff about each other, but, like, we're talking about it in a way that, like, they can actually hear it now. And I think it's good because it just helps you understand that, like, no matter who, like, your coaches are, if you're not our clients, like we're still human beings that battle with the same things as everybody else. Like, being a coach doesn't give you any air of superiority whatsoever. Like, human nature comes to absolutely everybody. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of coaches pedestal themselves and create this belief that they have to be fucking superhuman. And actually, I think that by being vulnerable and sharing our own humanity, like, helps people to understand that actually, like, we don't have it all fucking figured out. 
but we are still okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think like, 100%. I just, I just, if I, I, anybody who's maybe feeling like triggered by this episode, I just want you to think about like building the life that you don't need to take a holiday away from. Like, yeah. and just recognizing that you deserve a life that you don't need a holiday, and you don't need a holiday to be distracted from. Because I think that's the fundamental difference here is that, like, you should be able to enjoy these experiences on your definition of joy, and you should be able to live a life on your definition of success instead of being driven by other people's. Um, like, show yourself the kind of priority that you do when you are doing a fucking six week summer shred. Like, Imagine you could care for yourself in the way that you care for yourself when you're going on holiday and you're on holiday all fucking year round because you can, like yeah. you absolutely can with the right support to do it. Which or support. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's probably a great place to round up. I couldn't have, I couldn't have put it better myself. And I think it's so important when you listen to material like this. This is just something I wanted to say before we round off. Like, I think it's so important when you listen to material like this that you actually take something away from it and you act to, to implement something off the back of it. And the most important thing is see if you don't know what the answers are based upon what you've listened to and what you've consumed, ask us questions. If you message us right, we're not going to try and be like, you need to join a program for us to give you advice. Ask us advice. You know how many fucking people I've messaged in my time on Instagram that I just wanted advice from and I wasn't maybe going to buy from them. Some people I did buy from, other people I didn't, you know? And usually the people that gave me advice without feeling as if anything else was required, but the people I actually became more drawn towards and trusted more, ended up working with for long periods of time because I knew that they were genuinely nice types of people. That's not me saying that you actually have to work with us, but we're not going to just say, give us your money for the answers, Right. 100%. We're not here to fucking gatekeep advice. Like, we oh. do a podcast where we share literally everything. So, if we were the kind of people that were trying to gatekeep information, like, we can't hold our water. So, 100%, 100%. So, like, I always think it's valuable whenever you listen to anything to take one thing away from it and implement it. Like, any podcast I ever listen to, my main focus and my main goal is what am I taking from this and how can I implement it? Even if it's in my relationships, it doesn't have to be with my body, with my mind. It can be in my relationships, it can be in the way that I develop better routines and structures. But if I've listened to an entire podcast and I've not been able to take one thing away from it to go away and implement it, it means it's not been the podcast for me. And this might be the case if you're listening to this. But even if you can't take anything away and implement, hopefully it's helped you understand potentially what you have been like in the past. And if you're a coach listening to this, perhaps it's allowed you to understand your client a lot bit better. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so anything else you want to say, Jen, before we wrap off? Um, stop fucking killing yourselves for a summer holiday. That's that's literally it. Fucking like look after yourself in whatever way that means for you. And I promise you, like if you've not, you're not in the position that you want to be in for going on holiday. Start the now, but still fucking enjoy yourself because nobody gives a shit what you look like by 100%. the pool. Hundred percent. Don't think in four weeks you're going to have the result and then be disappointed that you don't. See this as you working on yourself for next summer and the summer after, the summer after. So you never have to go through this heartache and worry. Do you know how good it is? And you'll know this now based upon the foundations you're experiencing this year, not worrying about the result being guaranteed. It's that I cannot describe to you the mental relief of knowing that like I'm in control of the outcome yeah, and that I'll like, I don't need to worry about fucking hating the way that I look on holiday. And this is for somebody who for the last, like 30 years has 
the way that they look on holiday. Like, I can't tell you the mental freedom that comes with knowing that I'll I'll enjoy myself and how I'll I'll look and how my body looks will not impact my level of enjoyment on holiday. Like, I can't actually describe how freeing it is to know I'm in control of the outcome because I've done the work and I'm not just going to enjoy myself because I've done the work. Yeah. I'm enjoying myself because I've done the work and because I know that I deserve to enjoy myself. That's the difference. Yeah, that's that's like boss material. That's boss level. That's a level you want to get to. And guys, see if you want the training that I was talking about earlier on that we delivered inside the Book for Life program about managing your holiday and creating those principles. Let me know. Happily send it to you on Instagram. If you prefer to talk to Jen, I feel like some people prefer to drop into your DMs. Than <laughs> yeah, they do. I'm not that they fucking do. scary. I feel like you are <laughs> more scary than me on this fucker. Um, so if you wanted, Jen's got access to it anyway. You can fucking ask either of us, but if you ask Jen more than me, I will be offended. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but guys, we'll wrap up there. Um, this will be our... Yeah, no, sorry, this is not the last episode before I get married. There will still be one released um, after this. So this is June the 26th right now. There will be um, June the, sorry, July the 3rd. And then there won't be one on July the 10th because that week, Jen and I are in Ibiza because I'm getting married. So that'll be the only one we've missed so far. Um, and genuinely, I just don't have time to record double next week. So <laughs> you just can fucking lay off for a week. exactly well guys thank you so much for tuning in as always drop us a message if you've got any questions if you want that training more than happy to send it to you and if you've ever got any curiosity around what we speak about and want us to go into a little bit more depth as to how it applies to you don't be scared to ask absolutely you know we love to gab so gab away is anything exactly over and out team see you soon bye